Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That is our theme every week, every podcast. Yes, it is. Don't overdose and die. That's the message of the podcast. <laughs> it's not to be funny. It's not to entertain our friends. It's to remind these idiots taking fentanyl to not take it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah don't... That's right. <laughs> That's 100% it. You know that <laughs> I, I'm glad that. I'm glad that finally, like that that video I sent you guys, that um, I'm glad that that's up for use anywhere by anybody. It's not they're not holding any copyrights or saying you can't show it anywhere or all that. It's just a rough watch, but I'm I'm glad that someone else is saying what we've been saying, what you've been saying for sure for a long time. You know, well, I didn't watch it because I already had. Remember years ago, I. Mike and I did the song "Wish You Were Here," yeah, and uh, cut a video of all the overdose and all the. Oh discovery. no, there wasn't any. It wasn't like live. Uh, oh, okay. Death, but it was it was parents and loved ones of a fourteen year old, a sixteen year old, and you know, and the guy got heavy and started saying things like, you know, we used to tell people not to do drugs because you get strung out and have a miserable life. And now it's just no, like, don't do well, drugs because you die. <laughs> they, they, yeah, but Hazel didn't try to tell me I was going to die. Look at, they're all fucking dead and I'm still alive. So <laughs> the, the rehab world is like the boy who cried wolf. You know, I went to my first rehab in, I think, 87, an outpatient program in Hollywood. Then in 89, I went to Hazel or 88. And they told me I was going to die, you know, within a year or two if i didn't stop using and i was like that's not true do you You're call fucking... them every year and call them liars no. just well, saying they're all dead liars. now because they were all in their <laughs> 60s then and that was 40 years ago so no i i think the recovery industry and and even na's na's chant of jails institutions and death has been going on since i went to my first meetings in the early 80s so there was this idea that you're going to die from drugs has been this scared tactic, scared straight, just say no, scared straight, you're going to die if you smoke a hit of marijuana. It's been going on propaganda-wise for 80 years, and it wasn't true. And now it's true, and we yeah. we sound like we're saying the same old shit. That's, <laughs> no that's shit. what it's, I... <laughs> it's like reefer madness. Or it's like them going, Elvis is the Antichrist, when we've got actually anti actual Antichrist now. <laughs> well, yeah, like, yeah. Like Nixon. Nixon seems like a liberal compared to what's going on now. No kidding, man. <laughs> so, but but I, I, you know, I just wanted to tell everybody that maybe they don't, haven't heard the original origins of the don't die saying so what started happening at aloe i used to run groups every first in the beginning i ran all the groups for about two years and then i started doing once a week groups open to the public and and i started noticing kids that were here two weeks ago their moms they're crying and they're dead and it started happening more and more frequently. This is 2013, 2014, two, right around then, I think, 2015. Um, and 
And so I started realizing like all these kids like are dying. Like I had never seen before. Like I, there was like six or eight of them that had been in my groups that were dead. And I had never experienced that. And I've been working in treatment since 99. So, so then a friend of mine called me about wanting treatment for her, his daughter. And I, I was like, Oh, I'll help or whatever. And, and she happened to have good insurance and she came to aloe and she was there for a couple months and she was great. She was just full of life and smart and cool. And, and I, she came to my group on Tuesday night and the next Tuesday she was dead. This is my friend's daughter. Right. Right. And I just couldn't handle it. I was like, wow, that's, that had never happened to me before where some friend of mine or acquaintance or musician had entrusted them selves or their family members to me and that they died and it was just shocking and so i knew i had to talk to him i didn't i i didn't know until the next tuesday the other clients knew because she had graduated went to sober living left sober living went with her boyfriend and then started using and died and i had to call this guy right, right. it was it was fucking you know like I could have avoided it. Certainly I avoided it for a couple of days, but then I finally called him and, and we had an intense conversation and, and it was just like unbelievable. The pain, your fucking 21 year old daughter is dead from some mixed up drug. Right. 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 And so, right. so, so what happened was I just started telling kids from that moment on, Every time they were graduating, every time they were leaving, every time, you know, every time I was talking to them after the group outside or whatever, or somebody's having a hard time and I stayed late and talked to them. I, I always hug people. I know that's kind of against the PC rules these days, but I, I'd hug him and I started saying, don't die. Swear to mm. God, it was just like a natural thing after this friend of mine's daughter died. And so then it just became came like a thing i said to everybody don't die and now it's a podcast for what 10 years five years how long have we been five doing years. it five years yeah. this thing popped up the other day and it was just like oh, i remember when this was brand new uh, you know that's why can i say the name of the video yeah yeah you it's called it me it's called uh dead on arrival uh fentanyl's it's called dead on arrival fentanyl stories I think that's what it is, fentanyl stories, but it's on YouTube and anybody can get it. And that's what it is, is that it's talking about what we talked about. That's why I wanted to share it and what you had originally brought to me. That same thing where there's a 14 year old, you know, who uh, tries a pill for the first time and dies. You know what I mean? Where it's it literally, it, where it literally is and they go through everything that we know, but maybe not everybody else knows where they show the amount of cocaine it would take to kill a person, the amount of heroin it would take to kill a person, the amount of this, and all the way down to that little bit of the fentanyl. And, you it's know, insane. good kids, good kids from good homes and from, you know, parents that care. And, and, and just, and, and one of the girls was, uh, was a young mom who uh, did some cocaine that happened to have some fentanyl in it. So it was one of the, it's the stuff we've been talking about that people say, that's not true. That's not the way it happens. And it's just like it, it hit home. And there's a lot of, I know that if I was a kid, I would think that won't happen to me, but I think it it's important for parents and people who care about these people, people like us um, 
to to give it the extra effort because it isn't the same ball game. And the guy well, started in 2013, is, and the numbers in 2013 were like nothing. And then by 2014, it starts ramping. 15, it's ramping, and then you know. So he goes through everything. I think he's been listening. Right. <laughs> well, the the thing is, so here's the thing: when when me and Mike were going to do that video, and then I looked at it, and it was just too brutal to post. Mm -hmm. um, I started realizing how ugly this thing is. Remember, Mike? There's one video where a, a mom's OD'd in a supermarket aisle and there's like a two-year-old pulling on her crying. When you sent me that, I just was, I, it would just hit me so it's hard. Man. Too much. Like, oh so then God. it makes you scared as a parent, right? Right. So, so the question is what to do. So I got some good news for everybody. Yay. I just came back from Coachella. It was exhausting. Uh, it took me yesterday <laughs> to recover. I just literally slept like, I don't know, like 11 hours off and on yesterday. So, but I'm back on track today. But uh, Coachella, how about this? 125,000 young people, only 85 drug or alcohol arrests, 85 out of 125,000 people every day for three days. So only good people or bad arrests. cops? Right? 85 <laughs> arrests. No, don't make fun. This is important. 85 arrests, no drug overdoses. That's the None. number I want to hear. Yeah. So, and then when I got that, because I'm a part of it and I got the data from Paul and he sent me some stuff. And I was just, because I initially was helping Coachella kind of figure out how to deal with the, uh, the rave drugs, right? And like that was like 10 years ago. So no drug overdoses. Wow, that's Get crazy. This. Then I started thinking about, because I was there with Elvis and Sydney all weekend, I started thinking, I didn't even see that many people smoking weed. And I was out in the crowd for fucking 12 hours on Saturday. It was nuts how much an 11-year-old and a 5-year-old energy, how much they have. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and their attention spans are so short. So you go over to see our K-Fire after about three songs, they're like, yeah, let's go somewhere else. And then they go over and see this K-pop girl. And then about two songs of that. And then let's go over there and let's go over there and let's go over there. And it was, in, you know, it was a pretty intense weekend. But I, I walked all around all weekend. I didn't see any pot even. Like I saw some girls smoking weed, of course, and it's beautiful. <laughs> but... But to not see a bunch, because I'm used to it at that thing, like people smoke weed all the time. And maybe, you know, and I talked to a friend of mine that's sober and he said, maybe they just don't smoke weed. It's in vape things and you don't even see the smoke or something. But or 85, maybe, listen, maybe. there were 85 arrests at the, at the uh, Pomona swap meet this weekend. I yeah, guarantee sure. you that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? but, or maybe they've just been watching people die and they don't want any part of it. I don't know. I, yeah, I like because to these are really, sooner or later. That, that's another thing. These kids are really young. It's like they have a parent drop-off line that's like 15 miles long. It's like crazy. When I was leaving, we couldn't figure out what is this line? Because you know how anytime I see a line of cars, I always get over because I don't care if that's even where I'm supposed to be going. I'm not waiting in that line. Right. And so then we're driving down Madison, this road, like for, I would say three miles, really. 
and it and it was just a long line of cars and then it turned right towards Coachella and it was a long line all the way down and I and I then later on said I said what is that line on Madison they said oh that's the parent pickup line like this is at like 11:30 at night so then you got to figure these kids aren't even old enough to drive that go there right oh, cool. they're, so they're, they're, they're like young kids like really young like 16 15 17 Elvis and my friend Dave's daughter Evie were having so much fun. Oh my God! They were, you know, what they were doing? They were running around, uh, spotting TikTok influencers and getting selfies with them. And now, normally, I would be against that, but they were so cute about it. It was so fun, and the people love being recognized because I guess these people have like two million Twitter followers, but nobody knows who they are. And so when somebody <laughs> recognizes them, they're really, they're really gracious. And, and uh, so then at, on Saturday night, I couldn't take anymore. So me and my friend Dave holed up in this little area where there was a couch and just had the kids go off together with a babysitter, I call it. Other people call it a nanny. And they would go see... I, now, I'm the worst parent in the world, Mike. Elvis saw Megan the Stallion. I wouldn't let Sydney go see it, but have you ever heard Megan the Stallion's y lyrics? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot about her She's vagina. She's the WAP, yeah. No, but there's way more songs than that that are about her vagina. Oh, I, no, I've never investigated so many, her. I would say 50% of her material is about her vagina. You know what? It's about time they started talking about that stuff because at least they're not talking about shooting people and stuff like gangs and. Well, stuff, there you, you go. Know, really? A little bit of Lenny Bruce. I mean, I would right much there. rather. I'd <laughs> much rather see them talking about you know sex and uh, having sex and. I don't know. So Elvis, uh, when they went and saw Megan the Stallion, but so me, me and my friend were holed up. We we're you know we yes yes. It's not for 60-year-old guys, really. I don't think. No, I don't you, think you're supposed think? to be. Wow, man. When did you my figure that Mark, out? My friend Mark Cates had one of those step things. He did 27,000 steps. Oh, that's too many. That's <laughs> fucking nuts. And I was going more than him. I got two little kids. Bob, the, the young people aren't doing those steps things. They're not counting their steps, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going. <laughs> well, I was. I had to have had thirty thousand steps that, on Saturday. That is an old person's thing. Because on Friday we went like early, like two o'clock, hung out till five, came home. I went back at night. Right, that's the way to do it. Nap, yeah. go swimming, get mellow out, have some coffee, watch some basketball, then go back and see something. Saturday I planned to do the same thing. But the kids were running wild. There was just so many bands. There was this band called Girl in Red. They were so fucking punk rock and great. Have you ever heard of them? Never uh, heard of them. Girl in Red. They they reminded me of like Smiths meets like, you know, like uh, Riot Girl music. It was great. This girl was great. Huh. So, uh, and there was the, the Turnstiles. You ever heard of them? Nope. No. Oh, there were so many good bands. So anyways, and Sydney was mostly driving the whole thing. She's like obsessed with seeing as many things or something. What Five did years they think old. About it? Well, now tell us about Harry Styles, please. Might as well get that out of them. Yeah. Harry well, Styles. I don't, I don't, I, maybe the wind, maybe the sand was in his voice. I don't know. But there was oh, a lot of, really? There was a Whoa. lot of, there was some, there was definitely not auto-tune on his voice. It must have been dust that. or smoke that was in his eyes, to quote Lowell George. Yeah, and his eyes are in his throat. 
but he brought out Shania Twain because apparently he just loved Shania Twain when he was a kid and she sang a couple of songs. Now, yeah. I know who Shania Twain is, but mm-hmm. I don't know that your average Coachella goer knows who Shania Twain is. I think they might have thought it's his mom. I don't know what that is. It's kind of an <laughs> MILF thing going on. But my friend's daughter, my friend's daughter loves Harry Styles and she couldn't say enough good things the next day. So, it, you know, you get what you want, I guess, sir. Certainly. Like I'm sure. I'm more critical. Like I went saw Bob Dylan one time at the World Turn and he was dressed like Lena Lovitch and he played an electric keyboard. And I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> but I don't think I don't think your average Harry Styles fan is is like really critiquing the artistry. Oh, I think no, they're just, just- they're just—he's just fabulous. He's got the feathers, and you know. I mean, he, they were fine with his sequin jumpsuit. Yeah, he—he was—he was—he was rocking and rolling. But right, well, like what's, with all, what's with all the sequins and stuff now? Sequins are totally in. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, shiny, shiny things. Even the audience—they're all wearing shiny things. I don't know what that's shiny, about, but um, they want so, us to be so seen from Dave, outer space. I gotta tell you this funny story. So me and Dave are sitting there. And the kids are coming back after they go see something. And so they come back and Elvis almost faints. And there was this guy sitting. He didn't really recognize how important Dave and I are and that this is our area and you can't sit here, even though it was a public area. You know what I'm saying, Chuck? It's a public area. This is our spot, (laughs) dude. We're very important people. And you shouldn't (laughs) sit next to us, even though there's an open chair area. So he's sitting there eating chicken wings. This guy who I, I swear to God, if I, you know, because we're looking at each other like, when is he going to leave? Because this is our area. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking at him. I'm thinking like, does he work here? Is he like, is he, a, you know, like a loader or something? Is he a truck driver? Like who is, why is this guy in the YouTube VIP area eating chicken wings looking like a truck driver? So, and, uh, and so Elvis comes in and he stops and turns looking at this guy and goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? And and the guy noticed that Elvis recognized him and then Evie recognized him. And they're like, and Elvis goes, it's it's courage. It's Mr. Courage. And I was like, what is courage? <laughs> He's a and so dog. Elvis, Elvis didn't even walk around the table. He jumped over the table to get on that guy's side of the table, the little coffee table area, jumped and said, can I get a picture with you? Can I get a picture? And the guy's like, sure. And he's wiping off his chicken wing fingers. <laughs> Elvis gets a picture. Then they both kids get a picture with him and they're talking with him and they're so excited. And then they, come to us because of the attention span and say, we want to go see this. And then, and then our friend that was with us took, she took them there and, and, or I think, I think, um, uh, Evie's mom took them or some. So anyways, the kids were there for like five minutes, got the selfie with this guy and then we're gone again. It's just me and Dave and this guy. And I said, do you mind if I ask what that was all about? And he goes, uh, I'm a gamer. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you're making me feel so old. And I don't know anybody <laughs> Dude, you're talking wait, about. Oh, you want to feel old. <laughs> wait till you hear. 
So we start on our phones. We're sitting with this guy now. Now he's a part of us. Now he's very important. <laughs> he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's with yeah. us. We're making mm-hmm. small talk with him, but we're both looking on our phones, looking him up. Dude, this guy has 2.7 million subscribers to his Twitch channel. Some of his live streams or his streams of playing uh, some video game, 50 million people have watched it. Oh, yeah, man. The kids just watch these people playing doing that. It's weird as all get out. <laughs> Dude, you got to understand. Yellowstone is the most popular television show in the last 10 years. It, it draws 17 million people. You're talking about four times, as many, three times as many people. <laughs> watch this guy play video games, oh. then watch Yellowstone. Yellowstone is good. Okay, I'm going to give you some more stats. <laughs> Celebrity rehab was a cultural phenomenon for like two years. It really, I think, you know, I, everywhere I went, people were weird to me. So, it, and it was talked about and popular, and old friends would text me, like, what's going to happen this week? It was really like a zeitgeist thing for like two years. And it was the highest rated show VH1 had ever had. Only two and a half million people watched it. This guy. 50 million people watch and play <laughs> video games. That's crazy. 25 <laughs> times as many people. Well, what does that watch say about this guy play video games? <laughs> then watch Celebrity Rehab. 450,000 people watch Don Lemon. A hundred times more people watch this guy Courage play video games. I've that makes my me life. feel good. That makes me feel good about america <laughs> <laughs> i mean all this time trying to learn instruments and how to craft a song and i really should have no. stuck with my atari and then my nintendo and then a sega i, I okay, didn't do any so of that now stuff. now it gets better now i did a deep dive about it. so to and i watched some of his videos he is really great and he's funny and he's cool and like whatever he's got that He's got that every guy look, what, right? He's not like a kid and he's not like a video nerd or whatever. He's just like a guy who plays video games. And I like him. And he was so gracious and funny and fun and just cool to my kid. So That's important, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And so yeah. so, so I, I, I called this friend of mine that's in the gaming industry and I said, dude, tell me about this guy, Kurtz. And he goes, oh, Kurtz, yeah, you know, he's, he's up there. But he's not Mr. Mr. Disrespect. Look that guy. Oh, Dr. Dr. Disrespect. Wow. He is the most popular gamer. Dude, this I'm I'm fascinated by this world because you're right. Nobody should be playing guitar or drums. They should be play, playing video games. So <laughs> yep. then we started, we started <laughs> like he left and then he came back and the kids were excited again. But but me and my friend were th- thinking about it and we started looking up really famous people, how many subscribers they have or followers they have. This right. guy, this guy's more popular than Bill Burr. This guy's more popular <laughs> than Brad Pitt. More people follow this guy than follow Brad Pitt. Like it's insane. No, so anyway, so I met a lot of musicians, right? I think the Black Pink girl is bigger than Mr. Courage, but that's about the only musician that I met this weekend who's bigger than Courage. Black Pink? Yeah. Jenny from Black Pink. 
I mean, I didn't meet her. She was just standing near me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> well, I mean, I said hello, but I mean, at first she's thinking, like, who's that dude in the hat? <laughs> oh, wait, he knows Mr. Courage. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what you should have said. Say, I'm, yeah. I'm here with courage. I'm here with courage. <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling with courage. courage. Disrespect. You know, Dr. Hanging. Disrespect couldn't have come. <laughs> so I came to this place. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm serious. In a world that's all based on fame and popularity and how many people come and see a band and all this kind of stuff, these gamers just dwarf. So I call my <laughs> other friend, Patrick, today, and I said, we got to do a TV show with this Courage guy. And, and then he said, well, I want to do something with Dr. Disrespect. That's how I learned about Dr. Disrespect. And, mm. and I said, like, these people make that like they're built in if you do a tv show and they've got two million followers you're built in to you know just so if their followers watch the tv show and the guy that's in television production goes i don't think they want to be on television and i was like why and he goes let me tell you the stats <laughs> so so he goes someone like courage like his whole setup his streaming and his his you know his cameras and whatever Cost him between 50 and 100 grand for his whole setup. And it's in his house and he can do it anytime he wants and he can stream for hours and whatever. And I said, so how much revenue, meaning money, does he make in a month, you think? What? Dr. Disrespect makes thirty dollars to $35,000 a month and about one to $2 million a year. Yeah. Well, no, and and the other guy makes about more than that because of how much he streams. Doctor Disrespect is more like a gimmicky guy, but if you the the way you get paid is how many people watch your streams, right? Right. And so you're talking about this. These people make like a hundred thousand dollars a month sometimes playing video games. Why would and they we- want to <laughs> go out of their house, go somewhere? And the average talent on a TV show probably makes, you know, 20 grand an episode or something. Why would they go to a whole week's worth of work, memorizing a script and having to go somewhere and having to do a bunch of shit to make 20,000? It's the same as like anything else, right? It, uh, if you had a few, you know, if you had eight extra hours a week to go work, would you go work at McDonald's for $16 an hour just to get some extra cash in your pocket? No. <laughs> yeah. These guys just stay at home and make $100,000 a month. So, t- so here's, here's, here's what I propose to you guys. Cause I, you know, I'm, 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 my salary has been flat for five years. I make the same amount of money as I made five years ago. Things are much more expensive nowadays, right? I'm not complaining. Oh, yeah. I live a comfortable life, but they are, at least 10% more expensive than the last year. So I was thinking, do you think there's a gimmick where I could learn how to play video games and I could be a game, like the oldest gamer in history, some sort of tagline chance in hell. I'm really good at plants (laughs) versus zombies too. (laughs) Would would kids, would kids want to watch me play plants versus zombies too? Do you think? Can I just tell you now? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking you were sitting in his YouTube VIP area. 
How dare you? <laughs> I have nothing to do with you two. That exists. I just had the him. right wristband to get in there. I don't belong in there. And you're going, courage belongs schmuck. in there. I was courage built in it. Courage's area. <laughs> you yes. had to ask. <laughs> you this is so weird. I think Mike's wrong. I think I could have a career in this. Cause I'm funny, I'm old, I can, you know, and I can play well, plants. I'm probably one of the best plants for zombie two players I you've want you ever to try seen. and find a sixty year old. <laughs> wait, wait a second, YouTube Bob, star that plays video games. Just in case it takes off, Bob, find I believe one. in you, and I'm behind you 100. Oh, percent So, <laughs> yeah, just in dreams. case, <laughs> my dreams. Yeah, it's just like beyond. You, can, you know, run a rehab. You know, make a certain amount of money, play video games and make 10 times that. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, so there's that. So then this gets to what parents say to kids, right? So once we started figuring this shit out, we were like, because Elijah, he wasn't really that into gaming games, but I didn't like any of the games and I didn't like any of that. And I was very discouraging of that. I was discouraging of it with Elvis in the beginning. Then it just is like a tsunami that you can't stop. I have completely changed my opinion of games just in one Coachella interlude. I think games are good. I think it might be a career <laughs> for any of your children. <laughs> and so, but years ago, my, my friend uh, has uh, two older boys that are in their twenties. Right. And they were obsessed with video games and he was fighting with them. He told me the story. He's fighting with them. Uh, how stupid it is to sit and watch other people play video games. Right. This is like 10 years ago. And the son turned to him and goes, he goes, well, at least why don't you just play video games? Why watch somebody else play video games? Mm -hmm. You play video games. And the kid said, Dad, you play basketball, but all you do is sit around and watch basketball. Wow. Mm. What a fucking mm. sharp teenager. Yeah, man. You know, okay. Let me just tell you that this um Mike, do you want to be partners? How about Bob and Mike become Bob. old the oldest video <laughs> game playing couple? This is yeah. this is interesting. This is interesting because his courage guy, he's also known as Jack Dunlap, he created 100 Thieves, a premium oh lifestyle brand gaming organization. So he's smart. Too. Dude, he, he, he owned the YouTube area. Not just yeah. the little cock out from where I was. Mike, hey, can you look I, up when Plants vs. Zombies 2 came out? Not Garden Warfare. Uh, that I was don't have after. to look it up. I know it was 91 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was right after Asteroids. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> it went Asteroids, Plants vs. Uh, Zombies 2. You know, let's keep in, in mind heaven. that's 30 years ago. So. But yeah, so, I bet if, if you would have told him, I'm really good at Plants vs. Zombies 2, I wonder if you would have what he would have said. Could that would have been the conversation. Up? Could they have? Remember, remember, Warp Tour had the um, had the uh, Legends of Punk stage, right? The only sponsor, right. Mike. We played on it. Remember? Yeah. What if there's a Legends of Gaming, like the original Asteroid dude? That oh, just kicks you know what? Out. I just happened to be on the League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> You know, ever since we brought the internet into this show, it's, it's we've increased our uh, talking with our bandwidth, yeah, our bandwidth, our, band, our our wisdom, our wisdom comes from Google search. So, <laughs> so, so uh, I really, 
I just can't believe how young the audience was, how there wasn't a lot of drugs. It wasn't, there was no fighting. I didn't see one person getting crazy or violent with anybody. It was just like, maybe there is hope. That was my whole point. Maybe there's hope. Maybe this next generation is the hopeful generation. Maybe it's similar to the great generation. Wow. Because God knows it's not baby boomers. You know, Gen Xers are better than baby boomers. Let's face it. So it was baby boomers, most selfish assholes generation ever. <laughs> and then and then this Gen Xers came along and they were like all motivated. and They introduced a lot of, you know, great things into the society that have now been you know, warped and mutated and used as weapons by the millennials, the worst generation of my lifetime. <laughs> um, and then now, and then the Gen Zers seem to be like a little stick up their ass types, but the generation behind that is who Coachella is or the younger Gen Zers. And they're just gracious and having fun. People were polite. It was just like, it was just, and it's not, I'm not saying it's, it's, you know, it's paradise Coachella. It's still, you know, a lot of, a lot of walking, a lot of dirt, a lot of missing bands, can't see bands. Right. Um, you know, I kept trying to find vantage points to see arcade fire. I walked around like five different things. The only thing you can see is the singer. Cause arcade fire was the big unannounced act in one of the small tents. Right. And cool. so every person at Coachella was there. And, but the singer is like six foot seven. Do you know this? Have you ever heard of this? <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he, he's a beast. He's There's like nine tall. of them too. So, so basically you can always see his head. <laughs> no matter. I kept walking around the whole outside. I, I sit, I stood sit up on a fence and she could see, but, but I could only see his head, but, um, but they were great. They, their music is way better than I remembered it. They're one of the great Canadian acts. They uh, um, are they Canadian? I thought I they believe were so. Okay, there you go. Right? right. Yeah, okay. they are Canadian. You know what? I'm going to stop googling. I, I'm just going to trust my instincts. I thought <laughs> anyway, they were Canadian. Anyways, yes, they are Canadian. Okay, so Arcade <laughs> Fire was great, but my favorite act of the weekend was this thing called Girl Girl in Red. She was amazing. This girl. And and she was on like a five o'clock or something, four o'clock in wearing this red? small town. No, she's like a punk rock, you know, riot girl t-shirt. Right. And uh and then there was the main stage people, right? Megan the Stallion and her vagina songs. That should be her <laughs> album next album title. Vagina songs. <laughs> like she an acoustic could, well, she could do an acoustic record, an acoustic MTV show, and call it vagina songs. And then it was a Billie Eilish, which was impossible. Like, you know, they say there's 125,000 people there. Seemed like there was 3 million people there then. It was like <laughs> crazy. So I walked out to the parking lot and just listened to it so that I could beat the traffic. Why didn't you have courage take you side stage? Well, he probably has a helicopter, is what I think. <laughs> he probably he was side stage. He was handing her drinks. And you, you should have you should have you know attached your wagon to that star. Yeah, but it, instead, a, it's crazy. I I'm walking with Sid, and she's kind of into it because Elvis and and his friend are into it, like you know meeting TikTokers and people. And so then, 
Jared Leto walked by and I said, Hey Jared. And he like nodded and, and, um, and he was, you know, he just walked by, just said hello. And I said, and then when we were walking away, I said, Sid, that's somebody who's really famous. And he, she said, who, who? And I said, that guy that I said, hello, Jared. And she said, is he a YouTuber? No, yeah. he's a, he's an Academy Award winning actor and musician, but doesn't mean shit if you're not on TikTok. Does this mean that this could be the downfall of Hollywood and the the star <laughs> and will machine? Gaming? Will Epic Games take over the world? If it's, it's that really, big, it's I really... mean, when you, when you think about it that way, because the star machine and making certain people famous and putting them in certain roles and creating that when this that's all curated right but this is a completely natural thing this People is democracy yeah this is democ there's well, no way anybody's gonna bet like courage is gonna be the leader of the of an industry it sounds you like he could I mean? be president he probably can be in the future in about when, they, when these kids when grow up and can vote right <laughs> but uh i don't know isn't Jared Leto, hasn't he won an academy award didn't he win an academy award i, I think tell he you. did you're not going to Google it. No, no, he won an Academy Award for uh, for something. Yeah, he won an Academy Award. And it doesn't mean shit to Sydney. <laughs> yeah. He Good. got a dance on TikTok. Don't, 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 don't. Have you seen well, those Russian videos? TikTok and YouTube are not the same. At least YouTube, they're watching someone for more than 30 seconds at a time. Right. But the 30 you know, seconds on TikTok is pretty amazing. There's this Russian guys and girls that go around Russia and they act like they're just at a bus stop and then all eight of them just start dancing in sync. Like, dun, 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 Okay, I'm a lame. I follow an Instagram called World of Dance where they do that all over the place and I love it. You know what I'm talking about, right? so happy. And they go up the stairs. They go up the stairs. It's so, it's so cool. So there's a lot of cool shit going on. We're just old and we just sit around and grump about the good old days. But I, I experience young people and, and what they're interested in and the music they listen to. And it was, it was fun. And now would I have gone by myself and had so much fun? No. Cause I don't even, I don't get the music all that much. It was watching it through children's eyes. It was uh -huh. just so cool. And um, anyways, it was fun. So I'm looking forward to getting back to my people at Ohana Fest in <laughs> September. <laughs> where, I know the, where I know the words to the songs, where I know the artists. It's just so reassuring when I, because on the way out there is the Ohana billboard of all the bands. I know every band on there. I have records and CDs by every band on there. I yeah, love Stevie yeah. Nicks. Since the first time I saw the Knicks Buckingham, uh, whatever that guy's name is, Lindsey Buckingham. You know mm -hmm. the Knicks Buckingham record where she's kind of yeah. uh, doesn't have any clothes on? Uh, I saw that in a record store and I was like, oh my God, I fell in love with a record album cover. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. that is my girl. Now I am sitting right here. I want to show you guys. Nobody at home can see it. I am so obsessed with Stevie Nicks. Looks what's right next to my turntable. Can you oh, see it? Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there it is. So Stevie Nicks, just a crazy, it's crazy, yeah. crazy to think that, because I thought she wasn't going to play anymore. That's what I, I, COVID made people weird, like they retired and they're never going to play again. And then all of a sudden, no, COVID doesn't exist anymore. Let's go play. 
Oh, but you know, though, we've we've dropped the masks for the most part, right? Even in schools. And it's not going crazy. It's not going crazy. It's not going crazy. (laughs) I think I had it. I told you. I'm sure I had it. I kept testing. Um, I don't want to throw throw conspiracy theories out there, but this is a good one. Um, the Omni variant does not the 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 existing tests don't really test it very accurately, right? So, and and the conspiracy I heard, and this is from a lab person, was. The government has already spent $5 billion on those old tests. They're not going to tell you that they don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that I believe. So, so of the conspiracy, I don't know whether it's true or not that the tests don't work for Omni. I don't know that that's a fact, but I know that I had all the symptoms of COVID, minor symptoms, like a scratchy throat, a little bit of achy, a little tired, still got you know, post COVID from the real time I had it. All right. Uh, COVID's an old ex- subject. Let's let's get to some <laughs> junkie news. What the fuck? Junkie news. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Here's the story the of some junkies. Junkie news. It's 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 junkie news. Here's some right, junkie right. news for you. All right, Mike, take it away. I've got three stories here. Cocaine landed on the hood of a police car being thrown from the car they were chasing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The guy in the passenger seat tosses the tosses the cocaine out of the out of the sunroof, and it lands square on the cop's car that's chasing him. Not, I mean, well, that, that is not the way you want to disperse of cocaine. First off, no. you want to do a lot yourself. You want to do it while you're driving in a yeah. happy speed you pursuit. Just, you, here's the thing about car car chases in general. You don't have to go so fast. They're not going to do anything. Just, <laughs> right, it's like just, I saw one like 15 years ago where the guy was shooting speedballs while he was driving on the 170 really slow, like 55 bunch of cops he's just he you can if you're see, going down was, if you're it, going down use up all that gas use that cocaine nice yourself slow. use that yes, cocaine don't yourself throwing don't throw it, it out as, as evidence against you uh, that that was my first that was that was a pretty funny one here here's a good one too is it now this is goes back to our alcohol drugs and and uh this alcoholic uh guy pretty young alcoholic guy Decides that he's going to dress up with, you know, like a like with a hoodie and sort of, and then puts this big half gallon of vodka in one of those little scooter things, uh huh, right? And he drives right out the front door. He got right past the, you know, in the uh, handicap thing. He doesn't pay for it. He drives right out the, and he and he gets the bottle outside, you know, and he's he's driving the little scooter car, right? Yeah, just take it so home. He, so yeah, he home. was gonna. You think he would just take it to his car? No, he gets on the street. <laughs> with the little thing. with the little scooter thing and drives down the street he doesn't have a car so he he steals the scooter and the from the walmart and he and got drives caught. down the street and he got caught, caught. Poor and guess guy. what they charged him with with uh with um a felony you know, uh, yeah stealing grand theft scooter right so now that's a great alcoholic story man i mean that's a great alcoholic story if you're going to aa and you got that story you win yeah yeah that's relative to the george jones riding the lawnmower into town 
That was a good one. Everybody that, know that story. Yeah. So George never... Jones, horrible alcoholic, Tammy Wynette, his wife, takes all the keys to their tour bus, to every car on the property, and hides them. And then she goes and locks her bedroom door because he was known to get a little aggressive when he was all drunk and goes to sleep. And then she gets a phone call at like three o'clock in the morning. He's been arrested in Nashville and they live like 25 miles outside of Nashville. And he, she's like, how the fuck did he get there? And he rode the lawnmower. There we go. Can you all imagine drunk town. out of your mind, needing another drink? You got no booze, and you're just going seven miles an hour down the highway. On here's the kick. Here's the <laughs> kicker, Bob. He drove it all. He drove it all the way back, and then he climbed his tree because he didn't have any oranges, orange juice, and he didn't want to go in the house. He climbed the tree, the orange tree in the yard, and he drank the bottle up in the orange tree while he picked oranges and squeezed it into the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Vodka and orange juice. Yeah. No, see, that's, that's where she classic. found him. That's where she found him. So so those carts, the ones that are at the, the nicer stores like Bonds and Pavilions and Ralph's, they stop at the end of the parking lot. But the shittier ones, like at the 99 cent store, because I know this because a guy I knew that I smoked crack with used to steal them. And he knew how to, like, he'd get, like, 50 bucks for him. So he would go <laughs> to, like, he would go to, like, what? food for a last. Who's buying them? <laughs> like, the batteries are worth something or something. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but he yeah, would steal those things. But he told me, and this is, like, this is, like, insider junkie knowledge that we have as we accumulate along the years, that the fancy stores, the, they have a thing that shuts it off but the shittier stores don't. And so he would only go steal them from the shittier stores, like 99 cent store, that type of thing. Huh. And they no, are no. worth, and back then this is in 94, they were worth like 50 bucks. If you could so get with inflation, the, you'd probably get 150. They yeah. seem to cost about three times more than they used to. But you know, they're, they do get you around. I used one so, at uh, Legoland because I was really tired. What? Legoland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Legoland is cheaper. Yeah, I did. And then I had <laughs> Sid. I had Sid riding on it with me all day, and she, you know, that's where the thing of me and her bad company, like mm. you know, we're we're troublemakers. Because she would get on the cart, and then I would ride. And uh, and then inevitably, some do-gooder employee would say, "You can't have your child on the card," and she would then jump off, and then we'd sit there and wait for the person to walk away, and then she'd get back on, and we'd go. Good for you, teaching teaching all the important things. It's only bad if you get caught. No one's seeing us. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be seen. You just want to get on here, duck down, duck down, <laughs> right. All right, so here's one that's going <laughs> to spark our sort of uh, our 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 talk that we usually talk about, but um, it is um, that uh, Smoking Gun did a um, reading and an analyzing of police reports and arrived at a uh, the conclusion that the crack you're smoking uh, back in the day and nowadays and the drugs were likely in your dealer's butt. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. 
And I would take that crack that was in his butt and I would put it right in my mouth and drive home. Just found this guy and, and he had a whole huge, huge chunk of rock without anything wrapped around it up his Oh, it'll hands. absorb. That's how I heard oh, that's how ODB yeah. died. Yeah. I think ODB died that way. Did you hear that, Chuck? No, but that's not very glamorous. It, no, it wasn't in his butt. He swallowed it. So cops supposedly came in the studio or something and he had some coke and he just swallowed it. That's what I heard. Might be an old wives tale. And that but, happened to a guy I knew. Um, he was running from Huntington Beach police and swallowed a bunch. They beat him up and he died in an over overdose. So what it's like street, what what street was Safari Sam's on? What Olive in Hollywood? And no, uh, Safari Sam's in Huntington Beach. Olive in Maine. Yeah, it's I got it's arrested the there before we played. And then I can't remember. I was so drunk, but I think I bailed out and then got back there in time to play the show. But I got wow. drunk in public right there. Those you cops are nasty. Those cops are nasty. Oh, down there. and they're they're not any better. They're, yeah. That was when John Huck, this is before Mike Mart was influenced much. So that was John Huck Day. I used to booze it up, Chuck. I don't know if you know this or not. About yeah. Me. Yeah, no. I that's... used to. I, I don't even know. How did we even play, Mike? How did, me and Mike used to start drinking Mad Dog 2020 at like 11 in the morning. Man. Like that's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not leading. That, that trajectory of alcohol consumption is not leading to a prime 10, 15 p.m. concert. It's just no, like that. Yeah. Just think about that trajectory. <laughs> that was like that was like when you when I was uh, my friends Shadowland were playing club lingerie with Rick L. Rick's band Flesh and Blood. And you came through the door with an acoustic guitar and figured it was your time to play something and just jumped up on the stage. And I go, what the hell is that? People are going, that's Thelonious Bob. Like it was like it was some big fucking deal. And I go, what, what is he? Because you, you had your what hair. Is he? Is he not, human? What, what is that? Because your hair was all like dreaded and like not and you look, you were drunk, very oh. drunk. And I go, and then I was like, after after a couple minutes, I was like, this guy's pretty cool. That takes a lot of balls. But then you just kind of lost interest and went away and then that would happen. Another bumper sighting. So, so, but I did get more professional about it as the band became more professional. So we were on tour with the band called the Gin Blossoms. It, it's a there's a sad part of this story, but then it's very. It shows you that if with ingenuity you can figure shit out. So I decided after Mike left the group, I I got to figure out how to not be so drunk when we play the shows. Oh my and I goodness. did figure it out. Mike was a bad influence on me because as long as there was somebody worse than me, I could say, well, I'm not that bad. Same well, thing bad that smart, everybody right? does, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so I took to the get up in the morning, just drink as much as I want, make sure, like I wouldn't sound check. Right around sound check time, what, you know, five o'clock, I would just go to my motel room and crash and sleep. And I would tell Louie or whoever, like, wake me up like at eight o'clock or nine o'clock. And then I would get up. I would have coffee. I would have like a breakfast. I would have coffee or a burrito or something to eat. I would act like the day was starting at like eight o'clock at night. I was a little Smart. hungover. I liked hot sauce. So like burrito with a lot of hot sauce and and um, 
and then I would uh, go to the gig and then I would just start slowly sipping. So I get to the gig like at 9.30, we're playing at 11 or 10.30 <laughs> or something. And I yeah. would just, I wouldn't guzzle, I wouldn't whatever. And I, and I started putting on shows. So we're out with this band, Gin Blossoms, and the singer comes up to me and goes, how is it that every time I see you, you have a beer in your hand, but you're never drunk? And I said, oh, my friend, I am drunk. <laughs> but I have a way, I have found a way to be drunk till five o'clock sleep and then slowly get drunk as to that the blackout drinking hits me like as soon as we're done playing and he said could you teach my guitar player that my drinking routine to his guitar player <laughs> you passed up a multi. You passed up a career, Bob. I could have been a drug counselor, an alcohol you could have been counselor, a drug instructor. A drug instructor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know that's but not a bad the proper idea. use of alcohol and drugs. And uh, sadly, they ended up kicking that guy out of the band, and he's the one that wrote those two great songs. And and uh, sadly, I think he ended up killing himself. Uh, yeah. But he. He didn't really oh, yeah. want much advice from me, though, about drinking. He wasn't. He drank so much that his guitar, that the alcohol came out of his hands and his fingers and stuff. And when you touched, like, it's like I kind of knew him. They were on Interscope, and um, when you picked up his guitar, what was his name? I'm so sorry, I don't know his name. I forgot. Great, great songwriter. He wrote that song. He was bound around this town, and yeah, he, the cops he wrote... chase us around. Yeah. He wrote that Hey Jealousy song, and then he wrote the other song that they went on to record without him. But they, their story was, it was, I remember it because it was kind of a big deal. And it was just Did like, he, he just himself? couldn't cope. Did he kill yeah. himself? Well, yeah. he, he couldn't cope. Chuck, you're a drug and alcohol counselor. What, Doug what Hopkins. <laughs> Doug Hopkins is his name. Co-founded the Jim Blossoms. Yeah, yeah, Jim Blossoms. He was they the were, principal they songwriter. Cool, they were a cool band, man. They really were. I think they're still around, but obviously he's not. Did he kill himself? I don't know. Let's see. Because I because yeah, it looks the, like they got a new guy or something. Well, yeah, a long I'm time sure. ago. A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, but it was right after the second record came out that that they had to replace but him. He with said it. he said the thing that I said like about Mike. He said I'm not like you, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, just trying to help. Just trying yeah. to help. I was asked to give you some advice. Guess you don't want it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he did it with a 38. Oh, with a 38. God. So sad. That's, but I mean. Nine you know, days after, nine days later, after an intake consultation at the detox unit of Phoenix's St. Luke's Hospital, oh, Hopkins God purchased a 38 caliber pistol. Oh, pistol. The next day, he died by suicide. Oh. So awful. So yeah. uh, I I had an awful day uh, a week ago or something. I was really bumming out and just like thought I was a loser and all this stuff. It's so fascinating to study your own mental illness, right? Because nothing was that bad. I just felt overwhelmed and I was tired and fucking broke and miserable. And somebody said something mean to me. And I, I was just like, fuck this. Like you just get this, like, fuck this. And then once you get in that, once a depressive, mentally ill person like me 
gets to that fuck this kind of mentality, a lot mm-hmm. of bad thinking is going to follow. <laughs> right. But he, he wore it on his. I, I just I had to look some stuff up. So it says as soon as they got signed to a major le- label and they recorded their second record, he called it new miserable experience. I mean, it was no secret that he was sad. You know, people usually people that uh, that do music, at least the real ones to me, they wear their lives on their sleeve. You you weren't you weren't talking out your ass when you were writing songs. You know, you were talking no. about what was really going on. And most of the good ones, the songs that are good, they ring true because they're written from actual experience. You know, it's like but there are survivors. I mean, Neil Young's <clears throat> Neil Young's probably the most consistent great songwriter that that i can think of i mean brian wilson is the greatest songwriter but it was only for a five-year period of time seven-year period of time neil young has been a great songwriter for 50 years i mean think about that 50 fucking years right 40 years in between ohio and harvest moon i mean come on and 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 it's all coming from pain. It's all coming from mm-hmm. a, a, that mental mental health that he has and and uh, problems or addiction. I mean, I'm not going to label him an addict, but you can see the cocaine booger in his nose on the last waltz. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't even have to zero in. You don't even have to slow it down. Like a guy is poked out of his mind, right? But he seems to carry on. It's kind of it's kind of. certain people are this is how i described it to a friend of mine he was like you know uh asking about like certain musicians right and i said listen some people are just built for it and some people aren't right kurt cobain was not built for it right true true um for decades was not built for it right i'm hoping he's built for it now um, but Anthony Fleer built for it. They're fucking built for it. <laughs> Anthony, yeah. I can tell you, Anthony Keys don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about. He does yeah. not. Right? I don't think Dave Grawl gives a fuck what anybody thinks of him. Yeah. But the people who are sensitive and 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 wired differently, they're just they're not meant to do this for a living, I don't think. Right? And no matter how talented mm. they are, that this guy, I mean, we're sitting here 30 years later. It would be all, everyone listening, everyone, the three of us, hey, jealousy. I love that line. And we'll let the cops chase us around. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a totally fun, cool song. song, man. Brilliant. And yeah, but I mean, is it worth dying at, you know, like and being miserable and all that? You know, I I don't know, but I wonder if there's depression and addiction in the gaming world. <laughs> there gotta be I bet some you there is. There's some artists that transcend that 10 year period, that generation thing, you know, and they they go on generation after generation. The Who, Pete Townsend wrote songs for 50 years that were great. The Rolling Stones. Um, I mean, Eddie Vedder's been Eddie Vedder's been writing songs for the last thirty years that are great. The Rolling Stones haven't hit written a good song since nineteen seventy seven seventy eight. But yeah, Eddie's <laughs> Eddie has written great songs even this up until this year. But you're using Eddie as an example of a great artist, which he is. 
He's also the last man standing out of five bands. Chris Cornell, Lane Staley, Kurt Cobain, um, and, and, and Eddie. Those are the four singers out of Seattle. Yeah. There's only one guy left alive, let alone playing, writing good songs. You can't write good songs when you're dead, Chuck. That's for sure. That's, Mud that's, Honey's coming out with a new album. What are you talking about? Who Mud is? Honey. Mud Honey. All right. But they're not dead. That's Mark Arm. How is song, Mark dude. Arm alive? That is amazing. Wow, that's great. So, so uh, uh, let, me, let me tell you something. You can't, as a rock, as a genre, you can't write songs when you're dead. But rap, <laughs> I just was out Target today because Sydney wanted the new Billie Eilish record and we went to buy it at Target. And what's there? There's this cool looking album cover. And I didn't know it was new and I looked at it. Juice World. <clears throat> Juice World has a new album out this week. A double album is wow. out this week. The guy's been dead for two years. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Oh. There ain't, I'm pretty sure there ain't no Soundgarden records coming out. But there's going to be extension albums coming out. There's going to be little peep albums coming out till the cows come home. Because I think that's not music. (laughs) Oh, no. It's editing. (laughs) It's editing in production, man. (laughs) You know, I I guess it's music, but man. I got a question for you. I got a question for you. What happened to the Smashing Pumpkins? What happened to that songwriter there? I know. That song, 1979, came on the radio a couple weeks ago, and I just sang along. That's such a great song they were so good good so good how can you so much work that was the peak and not only that but you know when you when you have like a front man like him and they act like the band doesn't really matter the band matters oh don't let's not go down that rabbit's hole again come on let's go down that rabbit (laughs) hole bob there's a whole documentary about me and that (laughs) (laughs) you don't need those guys bob <laughs> you don't need those guys, Bob. The band <laughs> chemistry is chemistry is chemistry, and if certain That's people really inspire true. other people, and hired hands just don't seem to work the same. Uh-huh. Well, there's also this argument. Let me say, there's also this argument that was made to me, and has been made by you know in hundreds of different arguments about music. There's not many successful bands that don't have great drummers. Right. I don't think you can't be. You, Wait now. No, you can you only be as good to, as your Where are you trying to take this? If, if the drummer I'm not, sucks, I'm not, I'm the saying, band sucks. I'm, huh? If the, if the drummer sucks, the band sucks. Well, what if the drummer sucks, but the band doesn't suck? Ringo kept the Beatles alive. There's yeah, I'm like, going to give you two examples of drummers who, you know, are not super stellar, but they make the sound. And that was Levon Helm and Pete Weiss. Right. Pete Weiss was not a technical drummer, but to to take Pete Weiss out of the out of a situ out of the felonious monster situation, it's not felonious monster. Well, I get to that. take Levon Helm out of the band, even though he just played ticka ticka. Well, but he you was know, just the singer stuff. too. You gotta, uh, you know. Yeah, but you, you know, know what? what? When Levon was saying, down and that's out, that's not I, necessarily true. I just did a double podcast about the band. I don't. I want to promote that on Discography is the name of the podcast and they do a really deep intense kind of like hours of like research about a a band and i did the band they asked me what band i want to do in the band and 
I only wanted to do the band up until the last waltz. I didn't know they were going all the way until they died. <laughs> I, I wow. I, I was like, no, no, no. They, they weren't a band anymore after the last waltz. So, well, they actually did make several other albums. I was like, I, I can't do this podcast. I can't. I can't do, I can't do a five-hour podcast. So, oh, my God. So, but, so, anyways, it was a fun weekend at Coachella. I learned a lot about gaming. I'm going to learn more. I'm... You know, I'm. I just need a little encouragement. I think I'm going to go after a gaming career in my 60s. I think it's going to be wow. the future. Good luck. Good no, luck. I. I'm pretty sharp with my fingers, my thumbs. Did a little, did a little. Yeah. I watch Elvis play. It's really. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it. There's a lot. It's an 11 year old kid. Never with that attitude. See, Never that, with that, that attitude. Discouraging attitude. I'm, you know, I gotta watch. I gotta do more research. I gotta watch Doctor. What's the guy's name? Doctor what? Doctor uh, Destructo. Disrespect. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. First, I gotta do research. <laughs> like here's here's what it is, guys. Remember when we were kids? I remember hearing Beach Boys and listening to it in my room. The song in my room and listening to it over and over again, trying to figure out like what are the instruments? It's so beautiful. Like. There's piano in it. There's guitar. There's bass. There's a little bit of drums. Like what? I just being obsessed with the song in my room. And then Sergeant Pepper came out and being obsessed with that. And then just being obsessed with Lou Reed and walk on the wild side, the bass to it. I'd never heard a bass like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that a bass could sound like that. Right. And wow. just, so I'm now that's called, uh, you know, doing your research and, you know, wood, what's it called? Wood shedding, right? I'm going to yeah. do that about gaming right now for the next two years. I'm going to become okay. obsessed with gaming. I'm going to know everything about the guys and gals that do it. I'm going to know everything about the games. I'm going to learn everything about it and become obsessed with gaming. All the while learning how to game myself. And I predict that in 2025, I will be Mr. Courage Jr. But would, at my age, I'll be 63 by then. Wouldn't I be Mr. Courage Sr.? <laughs> no, Bob, but you know what? I seriously think that you ought to look into, because these networks, these um, eSport networks and stuff are worth billions of dollars. The one Jimmy Iving backs is worth a billion dollars and went public. Let's just try it. There's 375 million people in America. It's nine o'clock at night. It's midnight on the East Coast. Of the 375 million people, how many do you think are watching gaming right now or playing a video game? 10%? Apparently a lot more than are listening to this. <laughs> what do you mean? It's probably twice as many that are, that are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any gamers that listen to the Don't Die podcast? Is there a drug problem in the gaming industry? Maybe I could be the drug counselor czar of the gaming industry. No, oh, you need to be I an like owner. This. You need to be an owner of the A team owner. I'm going to start a yes, team. You, that's what you need to do because that you invest your money into something that's in the future. Drake became a a uh How a does Mike know in, so much about this stuff? In 100 interwebs. Games. <laughs> Thanks, Al Gore. Thanks, Al Gore. Thanks, buddy. All right, well, let's leave it at that. All right, I'm going to become a gamer. And, no, uh, you need to become an owner. Owner. A gamer of, network oh, yeah, owner, of, an esports owner. That's what you need to do.
All right. I need to get real. You know, is that get me followers? Because I want to be popular no. at Coachella. You know, I wanna, we, I wanna... Bob, you'll never be popular at Coachella. All the time. You realize <laughs> that we end like a Clash song off like Sandinista. We just kind of go, and then Peter out. Um, yeah. <laughs> down the road, down the road, come the jungle <laughs> partner, jungle <laughs> partner. And he was a loaded as can, as can be. We are the Sandinista of fucking podcasts. <laughs> yep. Oh There's 36 God. songs, <laughs> half of them made up on the spot. <laughs> some end, some just when kind of Ivan fade. It is. Just a hodgepodge of craziness. All right, good night, you guys. Good night, guys. Bye bye. Bye.